Hi, this is Stephen Laddick. And I'm Kent McPhail. Welcome to What the M, the podcast about the mortgage default servicing industry. What the M is a bi-weekly podcast with new episodes dropping every other Friday. Welcome, everybody. This is the eighth episode of What the M. And in the past episodes, we've covered a lot of really extensive topics relating to the economy, post-moratorium economy, the potential for inflation, rising interest rates, supply, a whole lot of meaty things like that, the vendor relationship between mortgage servicers and law firms. For the holidays, we thought we would try to take a little different tack. So the theme of our show is going into a particular servicer and the philanthropic initiatives that, that they do on a regular basis. So the guest on our show, it was the president and CEO of Freedom Mortgage. He founded the company in 1990, which today is one of the largest VA and FHA lenders in the country. Welcome to the show, Stan Middleman. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, no. Thank you so very much for being here. We feel very fortunate to have you as a guest. Tell us about Freedom Mortgage. Well, Freedom Freedom Mortgage was founded in 1990. Uh, I was lucky enough to be employee one, and I had some deep doubts whether there would be an employee two (laughs) at the time of uh, inception. But uh, luckily through the hard work of a lot of people over a very long period of time, we've been able to build ourselves into one of the larger mortgage companies in the nation. Obviously, we've specialized in underserved communities and the veterans, service members. But I think that the general theme for us has been to try and help people improve the quality of their lives. And our mission statement really is to foster home ownership in the United States and help people uh, take advantage of that home ownership. So uh, we've done a pretty good job of fulfilling that uh, throughout the years. That's that's great. So uh, in preparing for today's show, I landed on Freedom Mortgage's webpage in regard to Team Freedom Cares. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? I was very impressed at what I read and would certainly love to hear about it. Team Freedom Cares is a concept that has picked up a wide variety of disparate uh, investments in communities and pulled them together under a philanthropic umbrella that's really focused. We try and focus on large national groups that allow us to participate locally so that all of our employees can be involved in supporting the causes that we support in a universal way. Things like toy drives or food drives or helping uh, less fortunate folks. All the things that we try and do, we try and have a team cross the board nationally focus uh, and then be able to have local participants really make a difference in their communities. And I, I think that's important. I think that people should feel that they're working in the communities in which they live to make a difference. And I think it's important that they recognize that the company not only cares about them and their families, but the communities. You have a strong online presence through your blog and otherwise on this philanthropic topic. Can you share with our listeners why giving back is so important to you individually and to freedom as a company? Well, I'm a pretty lucky guy. Living a a pretty happy life, sometimes in everybody's life. You know, we're lucky we go to sleep at night, we're not hungry. We go to sleep at night. We're not worried about security and the, and the place that we live and 
being uh, pulled away in the middle of the night and put in a concentration camp. We're not worried about a lot of things that a lot of people worry about. Uh, are our children going to get a decent education? Are, are our lives in our own control or can we form and shape them? And there's people that don't have those things. There's people that don't feel that they're in control of their lives. There's people that don't go to sleep at night knowing that they have security of, of a pillow and a bed that belongs to them and a place to have that pillow and bed. Everybody doesn't go to sleep at night full. And some people can go to bed at night hungry. And there's a lot of people go to bed at night wondering how they're going to deal with their debt and their next dollar that's due and how are they going to pay their rent and buy the next bag of groceries. So when we think about that and we think about people that maybe don't have the same opportunity to education, I think there's a lot all of us that are lucky to have those things can do to help people that aren't. And uh, I think that's a real responsibility. I was given a, a talk one day at, at Temple University. After I gave my little talk and told the story that I was there to tell, one of the young people sitting in the back of the room raised his hand and asked a question and said, I see that you do very well, but do you do good? I thought that was coming from a 20-something-year-old or an 18-year-old young man, a pretty impressive question. And it kind of got me thinking a lot about what we do and how we do it and the role that our company plays in the community. Fortunately, we've been able to take that question and build on it. And I can now say that not only do we do good, we do a lot of good. I really appreciate your answer to that question. I had looked at your blog post from 1214, and what it brought to mind was a statement that I've heard all my life, which is, to those, much has been given, much is expected. And so I think that to see someone like yourself in your company that has been blessed to be able to go out there and to do good in the community to help with all of those type of individuals that you're referencing. Leaping forward from that, so in terms of Team Freedom Cares, I know you guys have four major campaigns a year. Can you speak to what each one of those campaigns is and how you involve your employees? So I like to see us do some pretty fundamental things. One of the things that we do uh, every year is we're big supporters of the USL, and we support rucksacks to backpacks kind of things for the kids from USO vets and their families and active duty servicemen to help their kids with school supplies. That's a really big deal. And I didn't know how big a deal it was, but it has been really embraced throughout the organization. So it's made a difference. We were lucky enough to be honored several years ago by the USO for the work that we've done. And my son served on uh, aboard the USO. Uh, so all of those things combined has led us to be very active along that line. And just so happens that we're the largest VA lender in the country. And it's a responsibility we take pretty seriously. And we want to go beyond just our work and into the lives of the folks that we work with. So that's one of the drives that we annually do. Another drive that we get involved in is a food drive. We've done a lot around food at Feed America. We've done a lot over time to raise money for them, especially during the pandemic. One day I was watching the news and we saw the lines of cars at the food banks where people couldn't get enough to eat. And that was just tugging on my heartstrings. And I was delighted with the way the folks at home grabbed that concept and ran with it. We raised a lot of money for Feed America and, you know, over a million dollars. So it was a 
big deal. And we got to talk to the different administrators of the food banks around the country, and they were so pleased. They went a long way to helping them and their local communities really support the people that needed it most. And that that's what's important is to make sure that we get people that need this help the most to that help we do a, a thing around this time of year for the kids at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. We sponsor some toys and cookies and they have guests coming in, you know, ball players and such that just make the kids feel like they're walking on air. And that's another big piece, which is helping those that don't have a voice to even ask for the help. Children are, uh, you know, you hear that all the time, it gets to be a little trite, are our future, but there's nothing sadder or more meaningful than a sick child. Mm -hmm. And anything we can do to improve the lives and the quality of the lives of sick children and their families, I think is crucial. To that end, we've worked pretty closely with Open Doors Foundation from the MBA, the Mortgage Bankers Association, who provide some rent relief or mortgage relief or travel expenses for folks that are suffering with a child that's ill. And we've done that in connection with Children's Hospital and with other children's facilities around the country. So that's a pretty exciting thing that we get involved in. Finally, one of the other big items that we get involved in, toys uh, also, you know, when following that theme of the kids, and it kind of all ties in. And then ties into serving the underserved, right? Whether whether it's food or mortgage or uh, toys, the idea is to help those that are unable to help themselves. We're lucky enough to have almost everybody in our organization step forward and participate in that type of activity. And it's uh, it's certainly one that I'm proud of and one that I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, our company embraces the way it does. That is outstanding. Absolutely. So as I understand, you also had some very personal involvement with CHOP and in particular them rolling out a facility in King of Prussia as well as their other facility. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get involved in them. CHOP is the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And for the last hundred and some odd years, they've had a single location. And this is their first location outside of the city of Philadelphia in suburban Philadelphia in the King of Prussia area. And they built a new hospital and it is a hundred percent occupied. Uh, it's at capacity. Um, there have, they have helped, helped so many children in the area that travel from now far afield that would have had to go another 45 minutes to get to the city. Uh, and this, this facility, you know, we didn't, we didn't know, we knew it was going to be popular. We didn't know it was going to be this popular. And this thing within three or four weeks of opening was busier than all get out. And now here we are that it's all the beds are filled, all the facilities are up. And we're actually thinking about expanding and uh, doing another building right there because it, it's so busy and, it, and it's so needed. And it's people that really need that help. So it's, uh, it's really a great thing. And I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of that. That facility in King of, King of Prussia is spectacular. I mean, and that whole growth out there in King of Prussia is just unbelievable. But let me, let me shift topics a little bit. Somehow in these podcasts, we always seem to evolve into a sports theme. 
And I know your alma mater is Temple, and we're going to talk a little bit about your involvement with Temple. But first question, are you a Temple basketball fan? Well, I have been. Uh, you know, how can you not like uh, Cheney or uh, Fran Dumphy or the, the some of the things that they've done there? When I was at Temple, uh, they actually let the air out of the basketball <laughs> And they, uh, they, were you they, there? Were you there for Litwack? Was he still there when you were there, or did he retire um, right before? No, he he was gone. So I was they, there. Was a big lull in the program when I was there. They were they were playing games that the final score was ten to six. Uh, in a which is true, <laughs> it's the lowest I, score in history. Yeah, it was something that didn't really hold anybody's attention at the time, <laughs> and it was before they had opened that new facility. John Cheney really did a lot for that Temple basketball program. Uh, he was an outstanding guy. Uh, you know, truth be told, my whole family went to Temple. And, and my father-in-law, he is in the uh, Temple Sports Hall of Fame. He played basketball at Temple. So we all had a lot of fun at the Villanova game this year. Ten to six, that must have been obviously pre-shot clock and the four corners uh, offense or defense, I would have said. Yeah, except they started at the at the tip and then they worked their way from there. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny, actually. Good trivia it. question. Do you know who it was? I think oh, I it, have no idea. But all their games went that way. <laughs> I think it was the lowest score in history. I think it was Louisville, but don't quote me on that. But but tell me tell me a little bit about your involvement with Temple. It's great to see that somebody who graduated there, Temple made Temple proud and continuing to still be involved and, and involved with the institution. It's incredible, the growth at Temple. And my, my daughter's in grad school at Temple right now. So The new director over there, I, I guess he's president, uh, Winnegar, uh, is, is a really nice man. And uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I did a thing with uh, the Chabad, which is a Jewish organization, to open the Middleman Center for Jewish Youth. And the idea there was to help uh, young young people transitioning into college have a place to go and maintain, you know, the feeling of family. So it gives them a place to go for dinner and to be participating in traditions that they grew up with. And, it, and it's really been a, a big success. And the, the folks there really do a nice job on programming for the young people and giving them an alternative to drinking beer and <laughs> hanging out. Not not that they stop drinking beer, but uh, it just gives them an alternative. Then uh, simultaneously to that time, I was working with a couple of guys at the Fox Business School. The school was kind enough to honor me several years back for corporate achievement. Uh, that started some involvement, including the talk that I was discussing earlier most recently, I had the opportunity to do uh, a small investment there for innovation and accounting, which I think is really important. One of the things that I told my children I, uh, when I'm asked for advice, which is more than occasionally, is what, what's the most important class to take in school? What should I major in? And, I, and uh, without fail, I tell people that are business-oriented that you should certainly major in accounting. Everything else you're going to do in your life in terms of business involves accounting. It's the language of business. And if you can't be fluent in that language, it makes everything else that you want to do more challenging. If you don't really understand those fundamental principles, I think it's problematic. I'm going to tell my wife you said that because she majored in accounting at the Fox School of Business. So, Oh, good for her. <laughs> 
So, Stan, we're coming down to, a, I think, a hard stop for you on the calendar. So let me move on to the question we ask all of our guests, and it's sort of our closing, which would be, if you had the opportunity to sit down with the 20-year-old version of yourself, what advice would you give that young man? You know, it's interesting. I, so I, I was watching a show last night, and they asked uh, George Clooney that question. Um, and he, uh, they probably father, got it from us, no doubt. <laughs> I, I, I think that's possible. Uh, he may, and, and in an attempt to be humble, uh, he said, well, I'm probably no wiser today than I was when I was 20, but I would probably have some experiences to, to avoid. And I, and I think that's probably the thing that I would say. But I would say in general, one of the things that I was lucky enough to do was I had my mother say to me at an earlier age than that is that if you don't experience something, how do you know how you feel about it or how you think about it? I would encourage that type of behavior. Be involved, take some risks, see some opportunities. Don't be afraid to fail. Even your darkest fears and greatest hopes won't turn out as good or as bad as you hope. So make sure that you're swinging the back because you can't get a hit if you don't. Yeah, that's that. That was fabulous. Hey, listen, I really want to, again, thank you. It's been a pleasure getting to visit with you, meet you, learn a little bit about you. It's very gracious of you to give us some of your time. And appreciate you being a guest on the show, Stephen. I can't thank you enough. Thank you for being on the show. Best wishes for the holidays. And, you know, freedom is in our backyard. I'm in Montgomery County here. And it's just been a pleasure to watch your company grow and succeed. So best wishes for the future, too. Well, thank you for having me. And happy holidays to everyone. The same to you, sir. If you like what you hear on our podcast and want to hear some more, please rate, review, and subscribe to What the M on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to visit with us on social media, we can be found at What the M Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you.